Psalm 18:28 onwards. For you will I want we are all going to read it together out loud. For you will light my lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop. By my God, come on. Read it together. By my God I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. For who is God except the Lord and who is a rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of deer and sets me on my high places. He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand has held me up. Your gentleness has made me great. You enlarged my path under me so my feet did not slip. I pursued my enemies and overtake them. Neither did I turn back again till they were destroyed. I have wounded them so that they could not rise. They have fallen under my feet. For you have armed me with the strength for the battle. You have subdued under me those who rose up against me. You have also given me the necks of my enemies so that I destroyed those who hated me. They cried out, but there was none to say even to the Lord, but he did not answer them. Then I beat them as fine as dust before the wind. I cast them out like dirt in the streets. You have delivered me from the strivings of the people. You have made me the head of the nations. A people I have not known shall serve me. As soon as they hear of me, they obey me. The foreigners submit to me. The foreigners fade away and come frightened from their hideouts. The Lord lives, blessed be my rock. Let the God of my salvation be exalted. It is God who avenges me and subdues the people under me. He delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me up above those who rise against me. You have delivered me from the violent men. Therefore I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles and sing praises great deliverance he gives to his king and shows mercy to his anointed it's all pray in the spirit lebra hal karabantu rabal kadarabal danamanahashe rigadala barana radiyanta rabal karadhula barabala hanahashe antaragada Yes, 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 yes. Ratal
please be seated come on say it after me lord god will light my lamp he will enlighten my darkness here it says uh, you will enlighten my darkness uh, in tamil it says you will make my darkness light right you will make my darkness light god is a god who commanded light out of darkness but he can make the darkness itself light to you by stepping into it lift your hands and say he teaches my hands to make war come on he teaches my hands to make war do this lift your hands and do it like this okay he teaches my hands to make war psalms 144 1 psalms 144 is 1 says blessed be the lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle there is a reason why the bible is written the way it is written there are 66 books uh it is given to us showing as a particular narrative and uh if you read it and think about the message that is being predominantly spoken in today's christian circles and see the narrative there would be no connection today's context it is oh are you drinking or you're smoking god wants to deliver you from your sin god wants to deliver you from your serials that you watch right uh now it has to be fortunate it might be god has to deliver her from netflix right uh for the previous generation it might be vijay tv all of your years are working fine you just tested uh 
God wants to deliver you from Pan Barak. Trust Jesus. Declare him as your Lord and Savior. He will save you from your sins. He will save you from your sins so that you can go to heaven. Uh, That is not in any way connected to what scripture is. What, What connection do we have with that kind of gospel, right? Jesus wants to save you as an individual and take you to heaven so that you can live in heaven forever. What has that got to do with what we read right now? David is praying that God will give his enemies into his hands and that he will pursue, that he will pursue and go after the enemies and uh, strangle them to death. Pretty much the entire Old Testament is about God delivering Israel from its enemies so that enemies can be overcome. Right? That's what the whole Old Testament is all about. What has that got to do with Adam and Eve? What has that got to do with me sitting here and listening to this on a Sunday morning? Are you understanding my question? Okay, David is a king, he had enemies. They wanted to kill him, so he prays, God delivers him, and he pursues his enemies and kills them. Good for David, right? Good for David. What has that got to do with me? So we have a very confused church because the narrative goes like that. Pretty much the entire Old Testament is that added with this whole enemy narrative is the temple narrative. God builds Zion. God builds Jerusalem. He would come and dwell in Zion. He will show himself mighty. Enemies will be scattered. People shall stream to Zion saying, your God is true God. Our God is a man of war Yahweh is a man of war and uh, he goes before the battle there are multiple ways church can apply these narratives one of the ways the western church applied this narrative was to validate war Why they went for war, Western countries, is precisely because of the text like this. God trains my hands for war. He equips my hands for war and trains my finger for battle. And the West went for war. 
So before the missiles take off, they stand and pray. God, we thank you for you are a God who delivers our enemies into our hands. And they go to a country and bomb a country. God is on our side. That's one of the ways Christians approached scripture. Um, as much as it sounds ridiculous for us right now, but that's the theological framework that people had. Even now, the church is expecting Jesus to come back on a white horse and do war, literal war, with nations. So that you all can jump on a horse and go on a war with Jesus with a white horse. And you would go and... What's that guy's name? Uh, Braveheart guy? William Wallace. Uh, William Wallace. Paint your face with Israel flag and go for war and kill the auntie and Christ. <laughs> right? <laughs> so once you kill the auntie and Christ and kill all uncles, kings, everyone, Finally, Jesus will set up his kingdom. Where? On earth from Israel, ruling from Jerusalem. And he looks at Becky and she comes like a wonder woman with the sword and kneels in front of Jesus and Jesus says, take one more. <laughs> Finally, she gets to rule and reign one more. That's what the whole Christendom is waiting, basically. When I say it like this, it's very funny, but that's pretty much what is being taught. And there are people who believe it. My parents believed it. They were educated in their time, but education didn't help them. Honestly, my parents believe this and they would take time to teach this. I have conducted seminars on this. Yeah. Why do we have such a Bible? Why do we have a war narrative? Why do we have, why, why the New Testament doesn't change that narrative? Why does it still play with it all the way till the end with the same narrative of enemies being subdued, God building up Zion and Jerusalem? It's an amazing, amazing narrative when you sit and think about it. And when you understand the switch that happens, 
it's really amazing. Um, can you give that book? I'm releasing my second book. Uh, this book explains explains to you why the kingdom narrative and how it connects with the gospel and with the purposes of God. Some people get it. Uh, people like Dr. Vishal, he understands more than so many people about how these narratives work and how God wants to deliver nations. But it will not happen through natural means. Education institutions are important, but nations cannot be transformed through educational institutions. It takes more than education to deliver a nation. That is the gospel. When the gospel is not understood, then we fail in our human vocation. Have you heard of that word vocation? Not vacation. We all know vacation. What is the word vocation? You know vocation, have you heard? Vocational studies. Yeah? Yeah. What is that word? What? Calling. Right? Calling. That's the word. Vocation. What is the human vocation? Sin. Sin is assuming a mistaken identity which makes you forfeit your human vocation. What is sin? Sin is assuming a mistaken identity which makes you forfeit your human vocation. Repeat that statement after me. I don't... It's okay, you don't understand. When you go and take bath tomorrow, you will understand. But just repeat after me. Sin is assuming a mistaken identity that makes you forfeit your human vocation. There is a divine purpose for which God created man. And when man forgets that divine purpose, he assumes a mistaken identity, like how Simba assumed a mistaken identity. Instead of being a lion and a king, 
it assumed a mistaken identity of being a pig which made it forfeit its vocation it made it forfeit its divine calling then started acting like pumba yes pumba has a good philosophy of life what is that about hakuna matata as noble as it get it is living a mistaken identity are you getting what i am saying so there are many noble things in this world that you can do but if you are operating from a mistaken identity forfeiting the divine vocation upon your life you're still living in sin and causing a lot of destruction around you so what is that human vocation that's what the gospel talks about so in this book i talk about the gospel i talk about the human vocation and i talk about how the biblical narrative says what it says so that we can fulfill our divine calling as human beings second timothy chapter 1 verse 9 and 10 says who has saved us and called us with a holy calling look at somebody and say you have a holy calling you have a holy calling not just pastors evangelists have calling look at some say you have a holy calling who has saved us and called us with a holy calling not not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began did you read that did you understand that derek hmm read it one more time yeah out loud i have to hear you out loud yeah which he has given to derek in christ before time began so derek was there before time began you didn't get what i said before the whole creation happened you were called according to his own purpose and grace in Christ Jesus so you existed in Christ before you were formed in the mother's womb that's why it says my i saw you before you were formed in your mother's womb before you were formed in your mother's womb i called you so the you the you in me mari the you exists 
before time began at the day of conception you partook of flesh and blood but you existed before that you're saying you are 30 years old 35 years old 60 years old no you were conceived 60 years ago but you existed before time began so you partook of flesh and blood on the day of your birth you you were there in a different state in a different dimension but you partook of flesh and blood okay come with me to timothy chapter 1 verse 3 ah uh, sorry titus titus uh let's do two let's do one okay paul a bond servant and an apostle of jesus christ according to the faith of god's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness yeah in hope of eternal life which god who cannot lie promised before time began so before time began there is a purpose what is that pr- purpose what is that purpose eternal life slap somebody and say eternal life plants have plants life bacteria has bacterial life animals have animal life god has eternal life so the eternal purposes of god was to make you partake of flesh and blood and while you live in the flesh and blood you should partake of eternal life are you getting what i'm saying you should partake of eternal life while you partake in flesh and blood you existed before time began god promised who cannot lie he promised eternal life that we would partake us we would become partakers of divine nature partakers of divine nature partakers of eternal life the greatest lie that the church believed is eternal life is something that you will possess when you go to heaven that's the biggest lie that the enemy has planted in the church first john chapter 5 let's do from verse 10 first john chapter 5 verse 10 he who believes in the son of god has the witness in himself he who does not believe god has made him a liar because he has not believed the testimony that god has given of his son 2000 years the church has made god a liar 
because the church did not believe what God testified of his son. What did God testify of his son? Let's go. This is the testimony that God has. Slap somebody and say, God has. Not God will. God, come on, come on. Turn around, look at five people and say, God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. So what is the testimony that God has given regarding his son? The son has eternal life and the next verse says, he who has son has Zoe. He who does not have the son does not have Zoe. So what is the testimony? The son has eternal life and that is one part of the testimony. What is the second part of the testimony? That he who has the son has eternal life. So the eternal purpose of God before time began is that mankind as they partake in flesh and blood they should also partake in eternal life by becoming part, taking part in the son. So when you possess God kind of life, you being a human, being a partaker right now, have partaken of divine, you being created, have partaken of the uncreated. You manifest as God's elect, God's elect. Huh. God has elected mankind to be partakers of eternal life so that all the power structures, there are different power structures, principalities, powers, rulers, Dominions. Principalities, powers, rulers, dominions. There are different creatures around the throne. With the face of a eagle, lion. You know where Hollywood gets the whole imagery part of the CGI. So you have different creatures, you have different power structures, but when mankind partakers of eternal life, all these power structures shall come to know who God is through mankind partaking of eternal life. Angels are around the throne of God but they will never fully comprehend God until they see you as a manifested son. Are you guys following what I'm saying? This week is the week I missed you guys the most. Good that you guys showed up. 
God. His purpose. Look at some say, God's purpose regarding you is mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. You don't have any idea of what God dreams about mankind. So what is sin? Sin is assuming a mistaken identity which makes you forfeit your human vocation. So Adam was created with such things in mind. So he had to partake of the tree of life, right? Because he had partaken of flesh and blood. Right now he should partake of eternal life. So instead of partaking of eternal life, mankind assumed a mistaken identity by believing the lie. Instead of partaking of life, he partook of death. So death becomes the number one enemy for God's vocation regarding man. So mankind, since he is designed to operate in eternal life, and all the power structures are supposed to know who God is by them partaking of eternal life, now have partaken of death. Since he partook of death, the whole thing came crumbling down. And anything and everything that he is supposed to rule and reign starts ruling and reigning over mankind because of death. Are you guys following, following me so far? Are you guys following me so far? So Hebrews 2.14 Hebrews 2.14 Yeah, read Inasmuch as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, likewise he himself shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. So we have a human vocation. That's why we were called to partake in flesh and blood, even though we existed before time began. While we step into flesh and blood, we are supposed to partake of eternal life so that we can fulfill the human vocation. But instead of taking part of life, we partook of death. Because the mankind partook of death, likewise, God, who is eternal, partook of flesh and blood, that through his death, he might destroy him who had the power of death. So the enemy that destroyed the human vocation has been utterly destroyed 
by the death of Jesus. Now come back to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10. But now has been revealed. In previous verse 9, we, we read about, put verse 9. According to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us. Look at somebody and say, Joseph Prince did not give you grace. Grace was given to you before time began. Joseph Prince brought grace. No. Before time began, grace was given to us in Christ Jesus. That grace has now manifested. Verse 10. But has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Do you, do you understand? Life and immortality is connected with what? With our human calling, which he purposed in Christ before time began. That is the human vocation that you should partake of life and immortality and be God kind of beings so that the power structures will come to know who God is through you. Oh, you guys came for a Sunday service. Okay. Uh, sorry, sorry for t speaking all these things to you because... You came for a Sunday service, right? Shake somebody and say, wake up to your divine purpose. So he abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So whenever gospel is being preached, what should be the conclusion? Life and Immortality. So when life and immortality is not what people receive, then we are not preaching the gospel, we are preaching something else. Go back to First John chapter 5, verse 13. We read verse 12. Let's read verse 13. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at somebody and say that phrase. That you may know that you have eternal life. These things I write to you that you may know. I'm preaching to you right now so that you might know. I am telling you, this morning, God has sent me to preach to you so that you might know that you have. Touch five people and say that you might know that you 
have not will have not one day will receive but you have that you might know that you have see i have the car key that's one thing how many of you have searched for the glass while you were wearing it how many of you have searched for the phone while you were speaking on it yeah anyone you're like ah then the other person ask what are you searching for then you say no i'm just searching for my mobile i kept it somewhere then the other person ask you a question what are you talking in oh yeah, no i was just uh, there was another mobile yeah right you wear your glasses and you keep searching right now you understand what church has been doing looking for eternal life jesus promised us eternal life one day or the other we will receive eternal life i write these things so that you might know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the son of god but verse 20 and we know that the son of god has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true in his son jesus christ this is the true god and eternal life so eternal life is to know god death is knowing good and evil eternal life is knowing god so instead of knowing god when you know right and wrong when you know information you are partaking of a tree that brings death look at some say when you research on every little symptom in google tell them you will die if you eat of the googly tree you will die i'm having a hole in my tummy you you research no one will say it's umbilical what i everyone will have what i have why are you everyone has it say information kills revelation gives life tell that again this is the problem 
right? This is the problem. This is why I have a problem with people who believe education can transform. Because education comes from information. But revelation comes from divine light. When you have divine light, it quickens you, it brings life. So I write these things that you might know that you have. If you just have it and if you don't know it, it is as good as not having it. But I write these things to you, I speak these things to you that you might know that you have. So what is the preordained purpose? To have eternal life through the sun. But instead of mankind partaking of life, partook of death. So death is the number one enemy. Look at him say, death is the number one enemy. Adam did not catch cold because he caught cold and caught fever, caught COVID, because he caught all those things, finally he died. No. Because he caught death, he had fever. Not because he caught cold, he died. Because he caught death, he caught cold. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So people usually say, oh, first let's talk about how to overcome cold. Let's talk about overcoming cold. Then we'll talk about overcoming death. Look at some say, Adam did not catch cold. Adam caught death. Because he caught death, he caught cold. Because the virus death entered his system, he became very vulnerable to all other things. So if you have to overcome cold, actually you should overcome the spirit of death. When you overcome the spirit of death, you overcome all its package. Are you guys following what I'm saying? So the preordained purpose we read Come with me to Second Timothy again. Ten. Who abolished death? Say he abolished death. 
say that out loud. The word abolished, katageo. He destroyed death. Katageo thanatos. He made it of no effect. He unemployed death. Whether it is there or not, it doesn't matter. Like that, he brought death to a place. He made it of no effect. He abolished death. What tense is that? Abolished. Right? It's a done thing. 1 Corinthians 15.26 1 Corinthians 15.26 says The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. What tense is here? Hmm? Future tense. What did we read in Hebrews? Past tense. He destroyed death. Here we read the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. So which one is true? Is death destroyed or are we waiting it to be destroyed? Hmm? It is destroyed. And here it says it will be destroyed. So, at this juncture is where I talk about a particular verse that is quoted in the New Testament almost 25 times. That's the only passage that is most often quoted scripture from the Old Testament. There are 39 books in the Old Testament, right? Thousands of verses. Great promise verses we have from the Old Testament. What are your favorite promise verses in the Old Testament that you usually get on a newer morning? Yeah, Isaiah 41. Right? Oh, fear not. I am with you. I've held you by my righteous right arm. All these great promises, right? Fantastic promises. We don't find that quoted in the New Testament as much we would like to. But there is this verse that is quoted 25 times. Peter quote, speaks from that text on his first sermon in which 3,000 people got saved. From that time, apostles kept preaching. Paul preached in every book that he has written, he will have some quotation from that chapter. But unfortunately, we don't hear it preached. We don't hear it preached at all. Are you understanding how the church has gone off track from the message of the Bible? That you don't even quote what has been Quoted most often. 
that verse is the previous verse of this one go for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet one verse up it says the lord said unto my lord right come with me to psalm 110 psalm 110 come on read it out loud together sit at my right hand till i make your enemies your footstool for he must reign until all enemies are made his footstool and the last enemy to be destroyed is death now do you understand why one is written in past tense and one is written in future do you understand the head destroyed it we are waiting for the body to destroy it the head destroyed it but he is seated on the throne waiting for it to come under his body let me try one more time he destroyed it he is seated on the throne and he is waiting for it to come under his body so unless the church steps into that place where the church knows what it possess and goes after the enemy the divine vocation is never fulfilled now let's come back to our text for this day to psalms 80 was one i will love you lord come on read it everyone says i'll be saved from my enemies the pangs of death surrounded me and the floods of ungodliness made me afraid the sorrows of sheol surrounded me the snares of death confronted me in my distress i called upon the lord and cried out to my god he heard my voice from his temple and my cry came before him even to his ears then the earth shook and trembled the foundations of the hills also quaked and were shaken because he was angry smoke went up from his nostrils devouring fire from his mouth coals were kindled by it he bowed the heavens also and came down with darkness under his feet he rode upon a cherub and flew 
he flew upon the wings of the wind he made darkness his secret place his canopy around him was dark waters and thick clouds of the skies from the brightness before him his thick clouds passed with hailstones and coals of fire the lord thundered from heaven and the most high uttered his voice hailstones and coals of fire he sent out his arrows and scattered the foe lightnings in abundance and he vanquished them then the channels of the sea were seen the foundation of the world were uncovered at your rebuke o lord at the blast of the breath of your nostrils he sent from above he took me he drew me out of many waters he delivered me from my strong enemy from those who hated me for they were too strong for me they confronted me in the day of the calamity but the lord was my support he also brought me out into a broad place he delivered me because he delighted in me okay so hollywood kind of thing god is getting angry riding on the clouds with darkness with you know smoke coming off his nostrils and when the smoke comes out of his nostrils coals are kindled and fire man. can you imagine right full on cgi effect why did god get so angry look at him so why did god get so angry because death surrounded david and david cried out for help so god got down to destroy death and deliver david right so he is going down in waters deep waters talking about sheol death pangs of death cords of death surrounding him and he is drowning and he is praying god deliver me from my enemies they are too strong for me they are overpowering me i am not able to fight i am weak but they are too strong i'm going down as he was praying at a particular point he says you are god who will light my lamp you will enlighten my darkness you are the one who trains my hands for war and you shall bow the you know uh, bow of you shall bend the bow of bronze with my hands and i will pursue my enemies i see god says whatever has pursued you you shall pursue god says whatever has drowned you you shall drown it whatever has take you down you shall take it down and for that he will train your hands for war he will equip your fingers for battle Psalm 110 The Lord said unto my Lord Sit at my right hand till I make all your enemies say there is a generation which shall overcome all the enemies 
என் சத்துருக்களின் பிடரியை என் கையில் ஒப்பு கொடுத்தீர் என் மேலே எலும்பினவர்கள் என் பாதங்களுக்கு கீழ்படுவார்கள் the ones who rose against me and above me shall be brought under my feet for you shall train my hands for war till i make all your enemies your footstool verse 2 the lord shall send the rod of your strength out of zion rule in the midst of your enemies but verse 3 is the most important verse your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power so how this whole thing is going to happen he is seated on the throne and strength shall proceed out of zion but who will become volunteers your people shall become volunteers in the day of power so what has been destroyed shall be destroyed by the people who have become volunteers and who are they in the beauty of of beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning you have the dew of your youth look at somebody and say you have the dew of your youth say that say that again say that again yeah put psalms for not three the bless the lord o my soul all that is within me bless his holy name bless the lord o my soul and forget not all his benefits and then he then he mentions few benefits which you are not supposed to forget maravade maravade en rendu varsham solittukanga la eda marakkakudadendrada marandittanu forget not all his benefits what benefits you're not supposed to forget let's see who forgives all your iniquities who heals all your diseases ah but who redeems your life from destruction who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies ah uh, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like that of an eagle these are the things that you're not supposed to forget because these are the benefits that god gives to his people alla rendavu selathile cut pannitaanengala அதை மாத்திரம் சொல்லிக்கிட்டே விட்டான் மறவாதே மறவாதே அவர் செய்த சகல உபகாரங்களை மறவாதே என்ன உபகாரங்கள் வாட் பெனிஃபிட்ஸ் டிட் ஹீ கிவ் தட் யூ ஆர் நாட் சப்போஸ் டு ஃபிகெட் கமான் சே ஹி ஹீவ்ஸ் ஆல் மை இனிக்விட்டிஸ் ஹீல்ஸ் ஆல் மை டிசீசஸ் who redeems my life from destruction and crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies and satisfies my mouth 
with good things so that my youth is renewed like that of an eagle. See, unless the spirit of death is overcome, a nation cannot be transformed. The spirit of death has to leave a nation for the nation to prosper. So how did death enter mankind? Death did not enter as common cold or even uncommon cold. It entered like, <laughs> I cannot know the father. So the death is nothing but a darkness, deep darkness that makes us not know the father. And that's how death entered and it wrapped itself around humanity and creation. God is a God who lights our lamp and turns the darkness into light. So Jesus, the first death that he entered in was that, <laughs> my God, my God, why did you forsake me? He entered into the darkness and destroyed that by finding the Father in our darkness. There is no catastrophe that can come upon you that hides the face of the Father from you because Jesus has already entered into darkness and destroyed it. So you can know the Father right now in your deepest darkness and knowing Him is eternal life and that life The death that entered mankind, even though it took 900 years, it still finally showed up in the body. He, had, he was dead, but he had symptoms of life. He possessed death, but he was still living. It took 900 years for death to fully complete its work and fully finish him off. If death, the principle of death is so faithful, God said, the day you shall eat, you shall die. He was dead the day he partook. But the principle of death was faithful to finish him off, even though it took 900 years. You possess eternal life, even though you have symptoms of death. You're not getting what I'm saying. He had symptoms of life, but he was possessing death, and death was possessing him. I might have symptoms of death, but I am possessing eternal life 
but just as what he possessed possessed him i will also be possessed by what i possess i shall be possessed by what i possess i have it but it will have me soon you're not getting what i'm saying adam had death but finally death had him we have eternal life i write these things so that you might know that you have eternal life but soon eternal life will have you mortality will be swallowed up by life yeah when that happens god's kingdom narrative is fulfilled this whole old testament narrative of temple narrative kingdom narrative shall be fulfilled when death is swallowed up by life first corinthian 15 the sting of death is sin the strength of the sin is the law hmm next but thanks be to god who gives us victory through our lord jesus christ justin when he was preaching on this he said something for you to pass in 12th you quoted this verse now thanks be to god who gives us victory in christ jesus for you to get a driving license in dubai you quoted oh thanks be to god who gives us victory in christ jesus you quoted this verse for everything except for the purpose for which it is quoted now thanks be to god who gives us victory through our lord jesus christ right yeah 58 therefore my beloved brethren be steadfast be immovable always abounding in the work of the lord knowing that your labor is not vain in the lord so as you pursue your enemies the bible says be steadfast be immovable knowing that your labor is not in vain why just go few verses about go to 51 onwards behold i tell you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed let me ask you a question do you go to sleep do you go to sleep okay so you are saying ah 
I'm not going to go to sleep. I'll go to sleep after an hour. Have you done that? Right? Yeah. You choose sleep. So death has been abolished. Even if you want to sleep, you have to choose when to sleep. Death has been made of no effect. It doesn't have a stay, say. It doesn't, it cannot come and say, sleep has come. <laughs> I choose. But that's not the mystery. Mystery is not that death has been turned into sleep, which is a fact. But that's not the mystery. What's the mystery? We shall not all even sleep. But we shall all be changed at the last trumpet. Kuda. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. So incorruptibility is for the dead. Why? They are already corrupted. They are already corrupted. So, the dead needs incorruptibility. For this corruption must put on incorruption. And this mortal has to, must put on immortality. So when the corruptible has put on incorruption and when this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. So the creation will not cry, death has been swallowed up in victory because Jesus overcame it. Jesus already overcame it, but the creation will not shout, death has been swallowed up. Why? Because the body hasn't. But when the body puts on immortality, which is the crux of the gospel, because he brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So when we put on, then the saying will be brought to pass, death is swallowed up in victory. The sting of death is sin. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of the sin is law. But thanks be to God who always gives us victory in Christ Jesus. See, the last enemy to be destroyed is the first enemy. Come on, say, the last enemy to be destroyed is the first enemy that mankind encountered. Let's all stand. Lift your hands and say,
train my hands for war. What has pursued me, I want to pursue. What has destroyed me, I want to destroy. Yes. Yes. The zeal of the Lord will come upon you this morning. For by you, I will run into a troop. For by you, I will leap over a wall. For you are my God, who will light my lamp. You will enlighten my darkness. You will drain my hands for war. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. The enemy that is in your radius has been delivered into your hands for utter destruction. Come on, do like this. You run in one direction. Come on, run in one direction. Enemy is pursuing you. Now stop, turn, and pursue the enemy. Yes. What you have been running away from, you shall run after. What has been terrorizing you shall be terrorized by you. What has put you to shame, you shall put it to shame. For you are being strengthened by the Almighty God. Come on, come on, pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Whatever has been pursuing you, whatever has been coming after you, you need to go after right now. Lift up your voice and pray in the spirit.
pray in the spirit let the zeal of God consume you you what pursued me I will subdue what subdued me oh yeah oh yes yes the zeal of the Lord shall perform it a generation of life is arising that will fulfill the human vocation which was before time began Hosea 13 14. Hosea 13 14. Hosea 13 14. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death oh death i will be your plagues oh grave i will be your destruction pity is hidden from my eyes it's one thing to be delivered from the grave it is one thing to become the plague for the grave it is one thing to be ransomed from death 
it is one thing to be destruction of death itself in matrix i want you go go and watch that i think it is matrix part 2 or part 3 i wrote it down agent is is in such a place where he cannot be destroyed so neo who is the one who has to destroy finally what he does finally what he does to the agent வாசனம் தான் தெரியல படமா தெரிஞ்சு the agent is a code neo is a code but everybody's mind will have a limitation they are all from a place called zion morpheus was safeguarding a remnant because they believed in a prophecy that one will come who will break all limitations and through that one zion will be restored to its glory and i'm talking matrix right now but neo when he comes into the scene he will have his own doubts that he is fighting but in the final scene he will be dead because he cannot withstand the lie of the enemy but there is this trinity who loves neo more than she loves herself and trinity puts her hand into the hand of neo and makes his heart beat again May the Trinity reach into your heart and make it beat again so that you will know who you are and when you stand up you would stand and say O grave I will be your plague O death I will be your destruction pity shall be hidden from my eyes when I look at you Hold you down we're gonna lift our voices 
Let's go. Oh, diabetes, you're put to shame. Say whatever and say you've been put to shame. Your reign is over. Your reign is over.
something shifts when he says God you light my lamp that's where it shifts pray for divine light pray for divine light revelation light when you have revelation light what is pursuing you you shall begin to pursue huh. and then it goes on to say the word of the lord is proven the word of the lord is proven yeah i don't care what my circumstances says the word of the lord is proven yes and it shall be proven in my life it shall be proven through my life yes say bless the lord oh my soul all that is within me bless his holy name bless the lord oh my soul and forget not all his benefits who forgives all my iniquities who heals all my diseases who redeems my life from destruction yeah who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies who satisfies my mouth with good things so that so that he forgives he heals he delivers he he gives you loving kindness then he satisfies your mouth he does all these things so that my youth shall be renewed like that of an eagle my strength shall be according to the number of my days my strength shall be according to the number of my days my strength shall be according to the number of my days so from birthday to birthday i shall grow stronger from birthday to birthday i shall grow stronger the word of the lord is proven the word of the lord is proven it shall be proven in my life too the word of the lord is settled it shall be settled in my life too i shall not assume a mistaken identity I shall not live like Pumba when I am a Simba. Say say I shall not live like a Pumba when I am a Simba. Mufasa shows up says simba you forgot me he says no daddy i did not forget you 
Then he says, "You forgot who you are. When you forget who you are, you're forgetting me." Divine light came into Simba. Simba was pursued by hyenas all through its life. Now it's turning back to pursue what has pursued it all through the life. Say there shall be a turning around. What pursued me, I shall pursue. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. Uh, the book is released. Divine Adoption has been released in Hindi, Malayalam, and Telugu. Uh, Swallowed Up by Life is released in Tamil and English. I want you guys to uh, get it. It'll be in Amazon also soon. Thank you. Thank you for it. God bless you.